Hello, I'm Kimberly Davis, and I am the Fiscal Feminist. Hi, I'm Kimberly Davis, and I'm the Fiscal Feminist. I'm also a managing director and partner at the Bonson Group, which is a wealth management practice with offices in Newport Beach, California, and New York City, New York. So today we're going to talk about what to make of the stock market's reaction to the coronavirus outbreak, which is clearly a timely topic, given that's all anybody can think about at the moment. As we have all witnessed, the outbreak of the coronavirus in China and the subsequent global spread of the disease has caused massive volatility in the world markets, including the U.S. stock market, and disruption to life in general. The reason for this extreme volatility in the market at this moment is that markets do not like uncertainty, and they react violently to uncertainty. This is not the -the run-of-the-mill volatility in reaction to valuations and earnings reports related to companies. In the history of the markets, disruptions have occurred intermittently over the years. These disruptions are painful and unsettling, and they often cause investors to react out of fear to the unknown, causing them to liquidate their positions and gravitate towards cash. This can often have a long-lasting detrimental effect on their financial situation because they sell at low prices and they'll have to re-enter the market at some time in the future when the market recovers at much higher prices. And the stock market will inevitably come back because it always has done. Investors need to remember that markets have been the source of generous returns that have rewarded those who have persevered through disruptive market movements over time. So let's talk about a few concepts What is volatility? Volatility refers to the pace at which prices of stocks move higher or lower and how wildly they swing. Volatility is different from market risk. Market risk is the probability that an investment will result in permanent loss of capital. Without taking on some risk, you cannot get return. When we invest in a stock, we are investing in a company and its earnings. That's what the stock represents. Reported earnings and forward guidance from companies tells us what we should be looking for with respect to market direction regarding the company's stock. The coronavirus will not validate or invalidate an individual company's stock price, however, in the current environment. Earnings fundamentals will not be the only driver of the markets. Earnings will be subject to distortions due to the disruption caused by the virus and resulting closures, transitory as this current condition may be. So for a bit of historical context on market volatility, the following is a summary of the recent timeline. You know, it actually evidences how we've gone up and down even in normal situations. In 2018, the Dow Jones was down 5.6% and the S&P was down 9%. In 2019, the Dow Jones was up approximately 24% and the S&P was up approximately 33%. In January 2020, the month started off with gains and in mid-month, the expectation was that the Dow Jones would hit a historic 30,000. The last week in January saw several down days as fears of the coronavirus intensified, but the market ended up with the Dow Jones up 0.4% and the S&P up 0.3%. Equities were boosted by a string of impressive earnings reports that helped them look past their coronavirus fears. 
February was a mixed bag of up and down days, ending the month with indexes down at least 10% in what is known as correction territory. March saw the same pattern with a few up days. Then, of course, the Dow Jones entered a bear market on Friday the 13th, followed by Monday, March 16th, seeing a 3,000-point drop, which is the worst point drop day in market history, and Tuesday, March 17th, seeing the market up over 1,000 points. And today, the market is back down again. So as you can see, it has been quite a roller coaster ride where fear of the unknown eclipsed good earnings reports or any other relevant good news because we are all facing an unfamiliar environment involving a global health situation while awaiting results of a proactive strategy and the cessation of the spread of the virus. There have been other crises over the years, such as Brexit, trade issues, the Greece situation, oil issues, other health scares such as the avian flu, SARS, swine flu, Ebola, and the list goes on with related market disruptions and subsequent market recoveries. Yes, there have been these other disruptions throughout time, and yes, there have been recoveries that occurred subsequent to these disruptions after people got a handle on it and things were put in place to, to alleviate the situation. So what is the current situation in the markets? There is a confluence of factors occurring simultaneously to create the market activity we are experiencing. Due to a leveraged financial system, we are witnessing forced selling that occurs when positions are purchased with borrowed money. Margin and debt calls require a forced sale of assets to pay them off, and that results in the sale of assets that aren't distressed, i.e. good assets being sold to pay the margin or the debt. If one needs cash, they will sell the holdings they can make the most on and are more sellable, and when enough people have to do that, it becomes a vicious cycle. So, you know, people have bought some investments on margin and then there are debt calls because people borrow against their investment accounts on margin and that causes an exacerbated response. Other factors include momentum selling, which exacerbates intraday volatility and ETF activity, which also adds to the mayhem as they settle their accounts. Once the selling began, these factors magnified the outcomes in addition to the general uncertainty. So what is being done to alleviate the situation? Where are we going from here? Well, there is monetary policy. The Federal Reserve has cut rates to between 0% and 0.25%, reinstituted quantitative easing, which is a bond-buying program to keep financial markets running smoothly, announced a coordinated effort with five other central banks to make it cheaper for foreign banks to borrow U.S. dollars so they don't become reluctant to transact with each other, encouraged banks to turn to the Fed's discount window to borrow funds directly from the central bank and established a commercial paper funding facility to buy up 90-day commercial paper. All of these actions by the Federal Reserve have been done to provide liquidity and functioning credit markets, which we will need to go forward in the current environment so markets can recover and companies and their markets can recover. The second thing that's being instituted is fiscal policy. There's a variety of measures that are in the works, including a request for $850 billion, extended tax filing deadlines, direct support to the airline and hospitality industries, $1,000 checks to married couples making $100,000 or less and to single people making $50,000 or less, and payroll tax relief. These things are being instituted. They have to be voted in, but clearly, as you can see from the news, Congress, the Senate, 
everybody's working on this and at some point they're going to get this going and it sounds like sooner rather than later because we cannot stay static and do nothing about it. So things are being put in place. And thirdly, there is the slowing and stopping of the spread of the virus by social distancing, greater testing, and a national lockdown. So we will continue to work on the healthcare front to get to the bottom of how many people have this uh, virus and what we can do to treat it and move ahead as other countries have done. There has been a precipitous drop in China and South Korea with a number of people who are being diagnosed with it, and we need to get to that point where we can start to ramp back up again. What future scenarios are possible? Nobody can really predict the future, but there are a few ways that this could possibly play out. Most people agree that we did not enter this violent market reversal with an economy having the weakness of the 2008-2009 economy. Banks are in much better shape than they were back then, and the economy was generally in January in a much better position than we were in 2008-2009. Hence, we could have a GDP contraction in Q2 and a rebound in late Q3, early Q4, due to the heavy fiscal and monetary support with normalization by year end. Let's call that the base case. The worst case would be there is a GDP contraction in Q2 and Q3 with a slow recovery and a recession for 6 to 12 months. And the best case would be there is a Q2 GDP contraction, then a sudden Q3 V-shaped rebound, the health damage is contained, and normalization occurs sooner rather than later. Right now, any of these three scenarios could play out. Some of it has to do with the reaction to all the policies, monetary, fiscal, and health, that are being put in place and see the fallout and reaction to that. Um, So I'd say right now, those are the three possibilities. So what should we be focusing on as investors at this time? It is prudent at this moment to keep your investment strategy despite the temporary damage, which may last for longer than we like, and understand that fear and panic will lead to emotional decisions that will cost a lot of money over the long term if an investor liquidates instead of showing discipline and rationality. For those who can withstand volatility and not vacillate from angst during disruptions, this could also be a very good buying opportunity. A well-diversified portfolio with equities, fixed income, and alternative investments, which are investments that are uncorrelated to the market, and that could involve hedge funds, private equity, credit plays, is the strategy for a more resilient portfolio. We believe in investing in the fundamental strength of companies by looking to their balance sheet, leverage ratios, and dividend paying and dividend growth capacity. Dividend growth stocks will provide income even during market disruptions and price depreciation on the stocks. Events such as the coronavirus can very well affect strong businesses in the short term, but strong fundamentals in these businesses will prevail over time. Market timing is a fool's errand, as it is impossible to determine when to exit and re-enter at optimal times. If you are tempted to sell, what is the plan for re-entry, and does it make sense to re-enter at 10-20% to higher prices later? Better to invest in companies with strong fundamentals instead of being a stock speculator. There may be ebbs and flows in stock prices, but over the long-term horizon, stock price fluctuations will not impact the long-term trajectory of a company's performance. 
look to enterprises that have capacity for innovation, cash flow generation, and profitability. Investors need to consider whether they would be bothered by markets rallying higher after they sell their positions, resulting in permanent realized loss and not just a paper loss. Is the volatility in the market causing them actual and realized economic detriment, or is it more anxiety caused by incessant media coverage and hype? If you, as an investor, look to an extended timeline such as a year, which is a reasonable time horizon, albeit a short-term time horizon in terms of market performance, do you believe this will be the situation in the market and are you prepared to incur permanent losses for a problem that will ultimately be resolved over time? It's crucial that you have a long-term plan and it's also crucial that you have liquidity to ride this time out. And hopefully your portfolio has been set up in such a manner that your liquidity needs have been addressed and you are okay for the moment and don't need cash from your portfolio to live. We want everyone to be prudent during this uncertain time, to take a breath, keep to your strategy, and don't make any rash decisions motivated by fear. As with all things in life, this too shall pass, and it's imperative that you keep to your longer-term view. That's it for me now. I would like to thank all the healthcare workers on the front lines, helping everyone to get tested and giving people necessary treatment. These people are brave, courageous, and great human beings. And on that note, I will say keep well to all of my listeners, and we'll speak to you again very soon. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced here and will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women, to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules 
for managing your money and relationships and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today.